You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad who has been living in my 1997 Ford van for more than a year. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. If you're watching the video version of this, you can see already that this is not exactly our usual setup here. Um, I had planned an interview for this week's show, but we had a little bit of technical difficulties, so that will come to you later. Instead, uh, I'm bumping up the listener Q&A, and I will answer those questions in today's show. So if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. If you find that this podcast was useful for you and you learned something out of it and you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it with uh, somebody that you know who may also get value out of it. Also, uh, if you could leave a five-star review on whichever podcasting uh, platform is your favorite, that would be excellent. It helps the show to get in front of other people who need the information, who want to see how other people are living um, deliberately authentic lifestyles, and I would really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Let's get into the questions uh, for today's show. The first one is coming from John, and his question is, how do you eat healthy with limited space and refrigeration? This is a great question, and I get this all of the time. And uh, since I have been living in my van for a year and a half now, I've learned a few different ways to make this work. Um, My diet does come with a few caveats. Um, I'm a vegetarian. And I also only have a 35-liter Yeti cooler that I very barely buy ice for. I don't like buying ice for the cooler because it does take up so much space in the cooler, making that 35-liter even smaller. And also, when it melts, then I have water everywhere, and it can waterlog my food a lot. And I've also had issues um, with the Yeti leaking. So if I'm not on top of it um, 100% of the time... Sometimes my subfloor gets completely soaked before I realize that it's uh, all melted. So those are my caveats. I very rarely buy ice, although I will do it um, probably here in the coming months because it is getting so hot. Uh, And I also am a vegetarian, so I don't have to store any meat or anything like that. I also don't buy very much dairy or eggs. Um, I do like cheese, but I don't keep milk or anything of that nature on hand either. So that makes it a little bit easier. I hate wasting food. Um, I'm really lazy and I'm pretty frugal. Uh, So this means that um, whatever I buy for myself, I can basically trick myself into eating. Um, Because like once I'm at a campsite like this, I'm not going to want to be driving back into any town to get some kind of restaurant food or fast food. So I basically have to eat what I have on hand. And that means that when I'm in the grocery store, I am deliberate about buying a lot of produce, um, and I'm pretty selective about which of those produce um, gets the scarce cooler space. Uh, Potatoes, carrots, squash, onions, plantains, um, and fruits and veggies like that do not generally get cooler space if it is limited, but uh, grapes, Brussels sprouts, tomatoes, snap peas, those kinds of fruits and veggies do uh, get first dibs on the cooler space. 
and uh, I buy those a lot so that I will be forced to eat them because I hate wasting food and if it's in the van and it's going bad I'm gonna make sure that I eat it which does ensure that I eat fairly healthfully the decisions to eat healthfully um, are made in the store not necessarily in the van um, I don't always like to cook I like I said before I can be pretty lazy and I really like snack foods um, things that don't require a lot of cooking and don't make a lot of dishes especially now that it's getting very hot uh, my stove is situated in the van and it does not come out of the van and so I don't like to heat up the van during the day because then it just turns into an oven and it doesn't cool off very easily um, so snack foods are really good for for me for both my laziness and uh, the heat of the summer um, so for healthy-ish snack foods I eat a lot of peanut butter and jelly um, cheese and crackers, hummus and crackers or hummus and veggies, um, a lot of fruits, um, especially grapes. I like to keep those on hand pretty much all of the time. Um, and these are a lot of my basic food groups. Um, I try to, to vary it so that I don't get bored. Yeah, I try to keep it simple and I prioritize produce, although I do keep a lot of foods on hand that are non-perishable so that once my produce does run out, I still have something to eat and it's not an emergency. Um, and also those non-perishables like pastas or quinoas or um, rice uh, add to the produce and make it a more hearty meal. So a few simple tips uh, I would chunk out of that kind of long-winded answer would be to um, buy foods that you want to eat and then trick yourself into eating more veggies that way. Um, know yourself and keep it pretty simple. If you don't like bananas, don't try and buy yourself bananas and make yourself eat them. I hate bananas, they are awful. I will never buy bananas. I love grapes. I try to keep grapes on hand all the time. Um, I know that I'm lazy and so I don't necessarily only buy food that I have to cook. Keep it simple, know yourself, know what you like, know what you're going for. Um, and then, yeah, switch it up every now and then. Keep it, keep it fresh. If you're gonna get bored of the same foods over and over and over again, um, then, you know, you're going to get lazy and you're going to uh, eat, you know, probably more fast foods and things of that nature. So experiment with, with new stuff when you go to the store um, and just like see what piques your interest. If there's a, a, a produce in the produce area and you don't know what it is, you don't know whether it's good or not, buy it and give it a shot, especially in the produce section. Nothing is all that expensive. So just try something new. Don't be afraid to experiment and try something new. Eating healthy in a van with limited space and refrigeration is more of a puzzle to solve uh, than a problem you have to deal with. The second question comes from Emma and her question is how do you manage burnout on the road? And burnout on the road could mean a lot of different things but I'm going to assume that for this question it means burning out on being on the road. Uh, living a life where you're constantly moving, um, living in a small space, potentially with pets or other people even, um, and having to deal with all the complications that come with merely surviving can be really tiring and stressful. Um, I have said multiple times before and will continue to say that living in a van eliminates the complicated parts of life, but it does complicate the otherwise simple things finding water, getting a shower, doing dishes, doing laundry, going to the bathroom, eating healthy, uh, exercising, electricity, cell service, Wi-Fi, all of those things are very 
simple when you live in an apartment or a house, but when you move into a van, they get a lot more complicated and it can be really tiring to maintain. Uh, my tips for avoiding burnout would be to simplify more, more than you have already. Keep everything as simple as possible. Uh, get rid of more things than you think you need to. Having more space and less clutter will make your life a lot easier. Um, anybody in the van community knows about the shuffle that you have to do when you're driving versus when you're camping. Uh, all the stuff that lives in your front seat has to move to the back when you drive and has to move to the front when you're trying to sleep. Simplify as much as you possibly can. Uh, my next tip would be to uh, keep tabs on your basic necessities so that you don't kick yourself later at a campsite for missing an opportunity to fill up on water or throw out the trash. Um, just keep an eye on everything. Keep a level eye on, you know, where what levels you have on your water and um, your trash. Always throw it out if you get the opportunity, even if it's not quite full yet. If you kind of maintain your basic necessities and nothing becomes a dire emergency, it's a lot less stressful. I've 100% gotten to the point where I am fully out of water and before I do anything else at all, I need to find a place to get more water. Or when you're fully out of gas or, um, you know, any of those really important life necessities. Uh, my next tip would be to take breaks when you need to. Getting a night or two in a hotel or an Airbnb or even a friend's extra room does wonders for your mental health. Uh, when you're exhausted and totally at the end of your rope and you just want a hot bath and mindless TV, there's no shame in taking a break when you have to. We all have to keep our sanity somehow. I mean, people who live in apartments and houses take vacations to get out into the woods. So I think people who are in the woods all the time can take a vacation and get in a house for a few days. My next tip would be to get away from your van as much as you can, like go for hikes, go to museums when they open back up and it's safe. Um, get outside as much as possible to enlarge your living space. Um, and this can be hard depending on the weather, depending on the season, um, and depending on where in the world you happen to be. But as often as you can, get away from the van. Like, like right now, I'm recording this outside the van. I'm not in it because the weather is nice and I have space and I can, so I'm going to. I love my van, it's my cozy little cocoon, and I love spending time in there, but when I spend 24 seven inside of it, I go a little stir crazy. So get out as much as you can. Uh, my next tip would be to vary the speed at which you travel. Last year I did a lot of fast travel where I was in a new place almost daily, sometimes daily, um, where I would be driving and exploring new places every single day. And this isn't inherently a bad thing. It can be really exciting and really energizing until it isn't. Um, and then it's stressful and exhausting. This year I'm experimenting a lot more with slow travel and it's immensely relaxing and very nice to kind of be able to spread out like this. And then it can feel really stifling and makes me anxious and restless. So switch it up, experiment, travel fast, travel slow, um, find the beauty in each of them and just keep it varied. The third question is from Laura and her question is, would you rather live in a place that you love with no friends or a place that you hate with friends? And Laura, I have done both of these 
in the long term and in the short term. Uh, and there's no real easy answer for you here, and I'm going to apologize ahead of time. On the one hand, living where you have friends can make any place fun, and on the other hand, if you love where you live, you will make friends by virtue of meeting people who are doing the same activities in the same place that you are, that you already love. Uh, it kind of comes down to your own health and vitality. If you're living in a place that makes you miserable, I would recommend exploring other options. Um, your friends, you know, might come to visit you. Some may even move to where you are once they see how awesome it is. Um, if the place that you're living is alright, not ideal, but not like horrendous, um, your friends might be the deciding vote for you to stick around. And if that's the case, then uh, you need to make it a priority uh, to travel more and get out of Dodge for a little while. Um, every time I've been faced with this particular problem in my own life, I have chosen my mental health every single time. Um, sometimes that means that my friends take precedence, their community outweighs the shittiness um, of the town that I'm in, and other times the place was just too bad, too toxic, too not right for me that I've had to leave for greener pastures. Um, and as you can see now, the lifestyle that I have, I've found a good balance between um, living a nomadic lifestyle where I can see my friends, but I don't have to commit to living in any one specific area. Um, your mileage may vary, as always. Question number four comes from Dylan, and his question was, what was the hardest part of your van build? And for me, with my specific rig, this one behind me in the video, uh, my 1997 Ford E350 club wagon with a fiberglass high top um, was figuring out how to build on my specific rig. There isn't a lot of information out there uh, for vans like mine with curved sides and windows all around and the fiberglass high tops. Um, if you're going to be building out a ProMaster or a Transit or a Sprinter, there are endless guides online and tips and videos and Instagram accounts to follow and you know so many options but for my van there were no blueprints so just figuring out the best way to insulate and attach walls and ceilings to the fiberglass and handling the curves um, and how to manage the windows uh, originally I was planning on on building over them and making more wall space and getting rid of the windows I didn't end up doing that for a variety of reasons um, but yeah just figuring out the specifics of this van uh, were was the biggest challenge, and I'm happy to go into more detail about that in a in a future blog post um, or podcast if there's interest. Um, other than that, the hardest parts about uh, building out a van for me were making the final aesthetic decisions uh, when faced with the actual options available at the local hardware store um, that I had available to me when I was doing the build out. Um, I have a video about that early on in my uh, YouTube channel, so if you go there, you can you can see it's called the four-day van conversion. I think is the title of it. Um, but yeah, I I had an idea of what I wanted my van to look like uh, before I started building it out. But then when I was actually like faced with the options available to me, I started second guessing myself and wondering like, is this actually what I want? Um, or you know, sometimes that hardware store didn't have exactly the look I was going for and I had to make decisions on the fly and that was surprisingly challenging for me um, and uh, as far as the build goes anything electrical scares the shit out of me 
Um, so it's not, it hasn't necessarily been hard in that I've made a lot of mistakes. It's just been hard in that I don't understand it. And I'm afraid that if I do something wrong, I could blow up my van, which may not be accurate, but it's true for me. And, um, so that was also a, a hard part of the build. Um, and I'm, I'm getting ready to update, uh, my electrical here in a couple of weeks. I'm changing out my two old deep cycle batteries that are failing for one lithium and I am really excited to have the lithium battery but I'm really nervous about making that transition so <laughs> wish me luck um luckily with like the internet and with the university of youtube uh almost any van build question um, has been asked and answered multiple times and in multiple ways. So uh, I would recommend that you be patient, learn everything you can from the internet and those who have gone before you. Um, and if there are additional questions that you have, ask, ask the internet um, and uh, I guarantee you'll get more answers. The next question on the list is from Liz and she wants to know how to handle time management. <clears throat> So time management is a little tricky, and I think that it gets more reverence than it's worth. Uh, just because someone is bad at time management doesn't mean that they're an immature person or ill-suited for van life or anything of that nature. I think we all have different strengths, and some of those strengths lend themselves to different lifestyles in different ways. Uh, as an entrepreneur and freelancer, time management does help me ensure that everything is getting done, and I'm good at it only by virtue of having over a decade of experience running my own businesses. And it's also an innate part of my personality um, to drive towards my goals. Uh, that doesn't mean that it's ideal for everybody. I mean, I am not good at being an employee, so I have to be good at managing myself because I do not like somebody else telling me what, where, and how to be productive. I need to make sure that I'm doing it on my own. Uh, my tips for anyone who's looking to improve their time management skills uh, would be to try different time management methods. Um, you could do time blocking or the Pomodoro technique. Um, you could set up a system of goals and rewards or find yourself an accountability buddy to have someone to hold you accountable for your tasks for the day or the week. Um, there are so many different time management methods out there, so just do a little research, find one that sounds interesting, try it out for a week or two or a month maybe, and if it works for you, awesome, keep doing it. If it doesn't work for you, try something else, and then eventually you'll be able to kind of pick and choose from the different methods, like what actually works for you. Uh, the next tip I think is important um, is getting really clear on your goals and your own priorities. It's so easy, especially you know in this day and age, to kind of fall prey to what someone else tells us um, should be a priority. Uh, but if you're filling your days doing what other people want you to do or even worse, procrastinating on doing anything because you don't want to do those things you think you're supposed to do, air quotes, um, you're going to be really frustrated and that's not conducive to managing your time well at all anyway. So I think that you need to decide what's most important to you and then prioritize those things in your day. Um, I right now and am, am experimenting with uh, keeping my must do's very, very short. Every day I have two or three must do's and on a good day I can get 
both or all of them done within an hour. And on a bad day, it takes me all day to do both or three of them. Um, it just kind of depends on my personality and my energy levels for that given day. And if I'm cruising and I can get them done in an hour, then the rest of the day I can spend either doing more productive things on my longer to-do list or I can like take a break and sit in my hammock and read a book. And I think that's okay too. One of the biggest things, probably the biggest tip that I can give you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up this question on this one because I think it is so big, is just thinking about future you more often and then giving her what she needs today. So future me has very specific health and fitness goals, for example. And that means that, you know, if I want to be able to run this distance or climb that grade or hike that peak or whatever, I'm not probably going to be able to just wake up and do that because my goals are bigger than what I can just wake up and do. So if future me wants to achieve this hard goal, today me, you know, I can like backtrack and today me needs to do something to allow future me to be able to do that thing. So I think a lot of my personal time management comes down to me looking at what I want in the future rather than what I want today. And that helps motivate me today to do the things that might not be very energizing. And the final question for our very first listener Q&A comes from David, and he wants uh, to know a basic rundown of costs of building out a van, um, prepackaged versus DIY, etc. So I actually have a detailed outline of what my van cost and the van build costs, and I'm going to link that in the show notes uh, of this podcast. Uh, and the short answer is probably just as unsatisfying as one of the ones I gave earlier um, to Laura, but building a van can cost as much or as little, sort of, as you want it to. It all kind of depends on how much elbow grease you're willing to put in yourself and what your own skills are. If you have carpentry and electrical and plumbing skills, this will probably be uh, really easy for you and probably relatively cheap. Um, and if you, like me, do not have any of those skills, it might take you a little bit longer to do it because you're learning a new skill as you're building out your van. Um, and some of you may want to pay a professional to tackle the scariest bits. If that's in your budget, absolutely do that. There's no right or wrong way to build out a van. Having a professional company build it out for you isn't any better or worse than doing it yourself. Vans can cost as little as a couple hundred bucks um, or, you know, $60,000 for a brand new Sprinter. And builds can cost as little as zero dollars um, using only what you have on hand already or into the six figures using different professional builders around the country. And I have a number of friends who have done both ends of that spectrum. I have friends who have bought vans that barely run and then revive them to life because they have the mechanical abilities to do it uh, and then build it out as frugally as possible because that's how they prefer to live. And then I have friends who have gone the complete other direction and had a professional builder come in and build their new home on wheels for them and they're absolutely beautiful. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. I think about... At now, about a year and a half into living in the van, because I continually make upgrades, as many of you will as well, 
I've probably spent between 12,000 to 14,000 on my van and the build total. Um, and I know people who've done it for way less and I know people who've done it for way more. So I hope that that answers your question, David. And uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this first listener Q and A. I had fun with it and I hope to do them more in the future. So if you have uh, additional questions that you want me to answer, maybe in a future episode, uh, let me know, leave them in the comments or send me a, a message or something. Once again, thank you for tuning into this episode of Deliberate Living and I hope to see you around for next week. We've reached the end of this episode of Deliberate Living. You can find the show notes and everything we referenced over on my website and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube or sign up for email updates every time something new is published. I'll see you next time on Deliberate Living and until then, keep your life on the DL too.